Hey, I'm Eric Nelson, and you're listening to Pod Clubhouse. Pod Clubhouse. I painted a picture of my husband in my mind. He don't look like you. Well, I'm a cowboy, man. We don't look like nobody's husband. And we're the ones that think about when your husband ain't around. Joining us tonight on the Yellowstone Podcast 1883 episodes is the cowboy that we all think about when our husbands ain't around, and is from 1883 himself, the Emmy and Tony Award winning Eric Nelson. Eric, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I am doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me, and uh, what a great little uh, intro clip to, to kind of ride <laughs> off his coattails to enter into. <laughs> I got to imagine your wife loved hearing that line when, when it aired, you know, you being the face of cowboys everywhere. Oh, it's it's hilarious. I mean, to this day, every time uh, it's so funny because husbands are always like, will you please take a picture with my wife? And, you know, their first thing is always to say, like, don't get handsy with her. Or, you know, they just like <laughs> always throw out lines. But that one from the clip's a great one. I've, I've heard a lot of people quote it back to me. So it's cool. I didn't want to trigger you, though, having uh, Tim McGraw yell at you again about being handsy with his daughter. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to play that for you. But uh, let's start at the very beginning. I, I'm sure you've answered this question a thousand times, but take us back. Tell us about the audition. How did you come to be cast as Ennis? Yeah, you know, it was really a, I say, unique process because of how quickly it went for me. Normally, these things kind of take a bit. But I was originally sent an audition through my agent for the role of Wade, actually, which is uh, my kind of cowboy counterpart on the series. They, they sent me a bunch of scenes. I recorded them. I filmed them, sent them back to L.A., and um, it was almost immediately, I think it was like that same day, casting wrote right back to my agent. It was like, we we really love him, uh, but we think he's more right for this other role, which is Ennis. And uh, so then they sent me the stuff. This is like the next day. Uh, I learned all the material. I sent it in again. And I feel like it was like that same day. Once again, they wrote right back. They're like, we love him. Uh, we want to hold him. These are our shoot dates. Don't let him take other work. But if other offers come through, come to us first because we really want to, you know, we want to hold him for, for the whole shoot. Um, so I was like, well, that's a good sign. But then time went on and, you know, there wasn't an official, official offer. I think it was like over a month. You know, I knew they still, still were interested, but they were kind of like getting all their, you know, ducks in a line, so to speak. And then out of the blue, I'm actually on my baby moon with my wife because we had just had a, a child. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I get a call from Taylor Sheridan and he's and he's like, um, I just want to talk to you. I wanted to get to know you a little bit. I loved your audition. We love you for the part. And then <laughs> it's funny because I got cast out of L.A. So everyone assumed that I was an L.A. actor, which I am. But we had just moved to Texas shortly before uh, this audition came came up. And so Taylor, he goes, hey, I, I hear I hear you moved to Texas. Is that true? And I was like, yeah, actually, randomly enough, yes. And he's like, where in Texas? And I was like, uh, Fort Worth. He said, where in Fort Worth? <laughs> and I was like, well, are you familiar with the town? And he laughed. He's like, I'm very familiar. I had no idea he was from around here. And he's like, tell me exactly where your house is. And so I did. And he's like, I just want you to know you're going to be about 15 minutes from where you're going to be filming a lot of your stuff. 
That's amazing. And I fell out of my chair. I mean, that does not happen. You know, it, it just was one of those stars aligning kind of kind of things for me. What drew you to Texas as being, you know, if you're if you had been living in California? I, you know, started working young uh, in Manhattan when I was 13 and lived there forever. Hey. Um, And then we moved to L.A. after we got married and then the pandemic hits. And, you know, we had just had our daughter and we kind of wanted to get out of the hustle and bustle and kind of the uncertainty of L.A. And we're like, well. The industry shut down completely. Uh, so we were like, let's just get out. Let's be by family. My, my wife's got an amazing, huge family in, in Fort Worth. And so we were like, let's just have our daughter by family so we can all at least, you know, kind of, you know, go through this thing together as opposed to by ourselves out in L.A. And we just kind of had the mutual agreement that, you know, once things did open up again, whenever that may be, because at the time we were still so uncertain of, of what was going on, I'll just fly back for jobs and we can centrally locate out of Texas uh, until that got to per- be too much. And then we're like, all right, you know, we'll just kind of play it by ear. And if it gets busy or too busy outside of Texas, you know, we'll think about moving back or whatever, but let's just enjoy it while we can. And then the show falls in my lap. I'm like, babe, the universe, once again, God's letting us know, like, we're not supposed to go anywhere. I think we're supposed to be right here. So it was just random and amazing. And, uh, you know, my, my castmates hated me because I got <laughs> sleep in my own comfy bed every night <laughs> while they're in hotel rooms. You know, it, yeah, it would just was one of those crazy, crazy things, how it just worked out that way. Now, you find out about this 1883 show. Did you have any connection to Taylor? And if not Taylor, at least to Yellowstone, were you a fan? Were you guys watching it? Did you have any idea of what it was or how big it might be? So I was a massive fan uh, before I got 1883. Yellowstone was my pandemic binge show. And so I really jumped on board then. Uh, But my wife had been telling me for so long to watch it uh, because she had been obsessed years before. And it was just, you know, it was in my queue. It was busy. So I never got to it. And then finally the pandemic hits one of the silver linings. You got to catch up on all your favorite shows and stuff. And that was my first one. And I just... I'm pretty sure from the moment I started episode one, I didn't stop until I finished. As you know, as we all know, like it's just one of those shows you just, you can't stop. And the coolest thing about this whole experience for me is I'm pretty sure, and I've been doing this like 17 years now, I'm pretty sure this is the first show I've ever done that my entire family has loved. From like littlest to oldest, Everybody was a fan of Yellowstone. So coming into this, they were all rooting for it and excited. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm like playing a heroin junkie on on this drama <laughs> on Showtime that my right. mom's really embarrassed about. Or, you right. know, like there's always a family member like grandma doesn't want to brag to the, the affair you know. is not family watching television. No, you know? <laughs> no, no. And I come from a family of horse people. So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. You know, both my parents, my dad trained horses and my grandfather as well. And my mom showed. And so it it was very much in our world. Uh, so I think that had a lot to do with why my family was so excited about it. But, you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool because they're all fans of it, uh, which which makes that much more special. I love that you have this background with horses and riding. Did that make your experience completely different than all of your co-stars at Cowboy Camp? Yes and no. Like, I almost wish... I wasn't able to say that my parents are such horse people because when I showed up to cowboy camp, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, way above <laughs> the rest. You know, I'm I'm coming into this thing pretty confident. I learned so quickly how much more I still had to learn. 
you know, when you're surrounded and that's what Taylor does, he surrounds you with the best people in the world, especially when we were training, like we were with the top cowboys in the world, training on their ranches, training on Taylor's ranches. So, you know, you're only as good as the, the guys around you. And we were surrounded by the best. And so, yeah, I learned real quick that my uh, cowboy skills uh, were were not on par, but Luckily, a few weeks with them uh, could could probably turn anybody into a, a decent cowboy. So yeah, it's funny. Faith, Faith had the same thing, right? Faith, Faith, uh, yeah. Carolyn. When we talked to her, she said, uh, "I realized I had been writing wrong my whole life." <laughs> yeah, she said she had to unlearn a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, but you know, that was that was probably the coolest the coolest thing ever. And you know, for prep as an actor, that was the greatest gift we could have had was that cowboy camp. Because, you know, all day, every day, we're, we're, we're immersing ourselves in the world and getting as comfortable as we can on the horses, moving cattle, shooting guns, you name it. So by the time the cameras were rolling and we got to set foot on set, that was the last thing we were thinking about. You know, we're, we're not worried about, am I doing this right? Am I holding my gun right? Am I, you know, am I able to push these cattle through a, a, a stream or a river up this hill and down the mountain, you know, whatever. So as an actor that, you know, very grateful for Taylor and uh, him giving us that opportunity to. Uh, you know, learn everything we need to learn before we even, you know, had the cameras rolling. Well, we have to ask because it was in the special. So we need to know, do you feel like Taylor was cheating on that egg contest? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, it's so funny because so many people have have brought this up to me and, you know, they ask about it. I'm going to plead the fifth on this because, uh, you know, he is my Smart. boss after all. Because he uh, has 19 shows in production and he may want a job again. So. We said the same thing. I was like, I can't believe they're putting this in the special. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very talented and gifted uh, horseman and been doing it whole, his whole life. So, you know, it would be no surprise to know that he did it flawlessly without putting his thumb on it. But, you know, legend has it. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he got a little sticky on the thumbs there, but I, I don't. I don't know to be honest. The sun was in your eyes. So you, you didn't get a good look at it. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Now you said you read for Wade initially, but then you wind up there. They call you. They think you're right for Ennis. When you learned about the character, was there something about it in particular that drew you to it beyond the 15 minute commute to work and it was horses? <laughs> what, what What about the show sucked you in? The, the grittiness and you know Taylor's got such a gift of he's not going to sugarcoat something or, or, or make it Hollywood to, to appease the audience. What, what, what he wrote is so raw and gripping and, and truthful. And that's why it's so hard to watch at times because he's showing what happened, not what, you know, the audience wants to see happen or, or, or you know, kind of the, the television version. No, he's, you know, he's, he's not scared to, to go all in and right away. That's what pulled me in. I saw it like a movie when I read all 10 scripts, I saw it like just this big movie and I saw it. So the detail in which he writes with, and you know, you don't see that on camera because you know, you, you, you just hear the lines and stuff, but the text that he writes between the text is unbelievable to read as an actor and everything's set up for you. All all I had to do was speak my lines and I knew I was going to be okay just because of his writing. But I did see Ennis, which I was really, really, excited about I saw him kind of as the uh I I feel like I knew as soon as I read him I was like he's got to go against the grain a little bit he's got to be you know everyone's so intense and it's so dark I was like Ennis has to be that guy that that brings light and and levity and you know maybe at times bring smiles to people's faces when they see him on screen I was like I just saw him as that 
vessel to to to, to kind of go against the grain of the show, which I thought may help him stand out, and you know, it just lended itself to to the character that he was. But um, I just found that uh, you know kind of a special opportunity, and, and was really excited to flip it on the show a little bit, you know. With that level of detail that you're you're talking about, Taylor puts into the scripts. How how much of the backstory did you know about Ennis going in? Is that important to you as an actor, or do you just? I mean, some actors just come in and the, my lines are my lines, and I'm not thinking about it much beyond that. Or did you get into the character? Did you kind of have a whole life for him? I did. You know, it wasn't written out, but I I did create a world for Ennis. So at least you know, for me as an actor, believably, you know, mentally, I I know where I'm coming from. I know how I got there. You know, for me, that was an important part of my process was to really dig deep as far as where he came from, how long has he been cowboy, who was his family, why did we not see his parents? You know, who is Wade to Ennis? You know, all of those relationships, and um, you know, kind of, kind of. Uh, moments in Ennis's life that that shaped who he was, and why is he, you know, this this uh, lighter spirit in this really intense, uncertain, you know, world that he lives in. You know, what is it that brings out those qualities in Ennis? And so I did, I did a lot of that, and that just kind of helped me, uh, you know, believe what I was doing to to be true, and you know, obviously hoping the audience does as well. Uh, but especially in these period pieces where you know we, we're depicting, you know, not maybe specific real characters in history, but we're depicting a storyline in a part of history that's so rich and has been captured in so many different ways. It's important that you do our history as a country justice. And so it was, you know, my way of, of making sure I put my best foot forward uh, to, to really understand who I was, how he got there and, and what it meant to, to live in a world back then. So as you were reading the scripts, how long before Ennis's fate actually happened, did you know he was going to be killed? So I knew, you know, as soon as I signed on and, and got involved on the show, I knew it was coming. And so it wasn't a surprise to me. You know, it was it was looming. It was there. You know, it was it was hard. But it's interesting because when I first auditioned, I only got episode one. So I only knew up until that point. And then once I was cast on the show, Taylor's like, here, you need to read the rest of the scripts. And I read the rest of the scripts and I I, I, I saw what happened. And so, of course, I go up to Taylor. I'm like, why? Why does this have to happen this way, man? I think Wade sure? should die. Wade should die. <laughs> yeah. Someone should jump in front of the bullet. Yeah. And he's like, keep reading. Because I stopped at five and then I went and talked to him. And he's like, keep reading. You're going to see. And, you know, it's just a pivotal moment for Elsa and the storyline and it and it sends everything on a completely different trajectory from here especially for her character and so it really is uh necessary and pivotal for her storyline so I get it you know it really does make sense and you know Taylor knows exactly what he's doing and he's the best at it so you know uh, I obviously uh, couldn't be mad about it very grateful for for what I got on the show and 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 the relationships I was able to develop and and such but um you know, it definitely hurt. Didn't want to see him go. You know, I, I put a lot of heart and love into him and, you know, you hate to see it. But uh, the coolest part is we filmed out of order. So we do what, what's called block shooting. And uh, so I was on set the entire season. You know, it, it didn't feel like after five episodes of filming, they kind of went off and did their own thing. And I was kind of out of the loop. I, because of the way they, they, they set up the shooting process, I was there from beginning till end. And so I really, you know, I felt um, I never really left. So rewatching it on TV, it's like it hits it hits a little harder because I like forget, you know, all of a sudden it's just it's done right there. But throughout the filming process, it 
it lasted, you know, five, six months and I was there the entire time. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It's also really useful, you know, if people don't start asking, you know, Eric should be shooting, but he's hanging out at Bucky's a lot <laughs> or something, there. you know, like, <laughs> we keep seeing him at the gas station when he should be shooting or something. We don't, what's happening yeah. there? And I don't know if they did it to make sure nothing leaked, but you know, the, the death scene was almost at the end of the, of the shoot. So that might've been their way to, to, you know, make sure they do whatever they can to, to not get anything to come out or that's just where the cards fell. But, um, it was kind of nice to kind of to go out with a bang like that because at that point, our, no pun intended, right? <laughs> right, we're like, <laughs> <laughs> at that point, our chemistry and our relationships were so formed and so strong because it had been so many months that, you know, it, it just allowed us to, well, I guess mainly Isabel and the rest of the folks uh, just to go that much deeper with, with the scene. So that was that was kind of a blessing in disguise. So you knew in advance what was going to happen, but as you're watching it actually play out in real time, as each week the episodes are coming out, did you feel any differently about Ennis's big episode where you knew this was coming and you know all these people are falling in love with him, like you're actually watching this on social media and whatnot? Did it hit harder then or harder when you first read it? I think it hit harder when I first read it just because it was so unexpected and and out of the blue and I and I, you know, I didn't know until I saw it on the page. So I think that hit hardest for me, you know, seeing it back uh, and, and, and seeing the fans reaction, it's been kind of amazing because it's the, the amount of love and support and new fans that are, that are, are speaking up about it and are so passionate about what happened. And I don't think I've ever been talked about in the media as much as I have these last couple of weeks. So <laughs> it, it really has put this, you know, whole thing on, on, on this, massive platform because of the death and it's you know the the big turning point of the season so in a way i'm grateful for it because it's getting everybody talking and you know so that's been really cool to see how that's kind of developed throughout throughout this but another thing i'm laying there dead as you know with my eyes closed and so i haven't i didn't get to see the emotions and reactions of all my actors around me in the scene so watching it back was pretty special because you know i'm i'm seeing isabel's breakdown in faith and you know all of the actors around me which are giving such intense powerful emotional performances and i missed all that filming it so that was really cool to to see that and and for me to be like wow you know they're amazing i can't believe you know how hard it's hitting and uh it brought me to tears for sure well, first, we want to say that you play dead very well. Uh, Thank you. That, I mean, there, there's a lot of like <laughs> like screen time for you just kind of there and with this Bell May, you know, laying over you and crying and howling. It, it's a very emotional scene. It, it hits very hard. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit about what that day you knew you were building up to that? You said it was towards the end of the shoot. The chemistry between you and Isabel in particular was so fantastic. And you and Tim was so great. I loved her. As an actor, talk a little bit about what that was like to get ready to, to shoot those final scenes. Yeah, so it's it's emotional and it's heavy. You know, the day feels heavy because we all know what we're doing, that, that you know, what's coming up in that moment. And Isabel specifically, who plays Elsa, we're normally laughing on set and talking and happy. And, you know, we're just having a great time. And uh, we kind of keep that rolling on and off screen. 
but that specific day, you know, w- was such an intense uh, emotional roller coaster for her. You know, it, it we really kind of had to keep our separation. Uh, we didn't want to break that, you know, emotional boundary there that 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 she was uh, building up. And you know, I respected that, and she respected it as well. And so, you know, it kind of lends itself because uh, if we're, you know hugging and talking and, you know, sharing lunch and, you know, all the things that we normally do uh, uh, during breaks that kind of keeps you in lighter spirits. And of course we couldn't have that on the day. So there was a lot of separation and, you know, kind of in our own little worlds. But the hardest thing for me was actually laying there dead and not crying because I'm feeling her powerful performance, right? And she's squeezing onto me. And meanwhile, our entire crew, a thousand people are all crying around us while, while they're filming, you know, the cameramen and sound guys. And, and I have to lay there emotionless, right? And it was really hard for me not to, to shed tears every time I heard her break down or, you know, felt the, the, the gravity of that moment. So, you know, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, how hard can it be to play dead? But in that moment, it was actually a lot harder than I imagined it to be just to hold back all of my emotion aside from the, you know, trying to hold your breath so you don't show like your breathing thing, which is also difficult. Um, But yeah, no, it was just so raw and real. And she delivered the performance you see on TV probably 20 times over and over and nailed it every time and gave everything you see on camera every single time. So that was hard. That was really hard for me not to not to want to break down in that moment with her. Also seemed like a really hot day. Like the sun is just beating down on you guys. Also, the whole thing just seemed like a, a draining emotionally, physically, everything. It was. It was. And, and you know, those are always uh, difficult days on set. But, you know, at the end, when it's kind of all said and done and over and they, you know, they call the final final take and basically that's a wrap on the day when you hear those words after a day like that oh everyone just it's like all of a sudden you can take a breath you know and we all kind of come together and hug and cry and laugh and you know it's it's it is a special moment but it takes a toll and uh you know to to deliver a performance like Isabel does over and over like she did on the day is just mind-blowing to me and you know she's and just wait till you see what's coming up for the poor girl as well. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, we still have that opening scene of the series. I mean, she, there's an well, arrow there coming go. into her stomach at some point. So, right, you know, right. It, like you said, a lot of people are having a hard time, you know, adjusting to it. So we have to ask, what's the chance we're getting like an Ennis Force ghost? Or maybe are you going to be a great, great descendant and turning up on Yellowstone season five? Or is there a prequel series maybe with Wade and Ennis, you know, before 1883? We're not done with you yet. I think is the point, Eric. We we want more Eric on our TV. Well, thank you. I've 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 read a lot of incredible stuff online that that fans and 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 people have kind of created out of their mind. On, on, you know what I'm doing next, or you know I've I've read so many fun, cool things. I'm like, oh, I hope all of this happens because this is all so encouraging. And people have said coming to Yellowstone Five and the Four Sixes, and you know. I've heard it all and I've read it all online um, and I've said nothing. So I don't, you know, some of these people are very convincing uh, and, and letting people know what's happening, but I haven't said anything. So I'm not sure where they're getting the info, you know, wishful thinking, but it's, it makes me feel good to read these things. I can't share anything at the moment, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. but uh, I, I will say working with Taylor Sheridan has been a dream come true. And uh, you know, I would say yes to anything he brings my way. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully it's not not the end of the Sheridan universe and I. 
<laughs> well, as the man who knows and is the best, I have to ask you to give him a little eulogy. What would you want fans to remember about him, to know about him, and to carry forward as we're trying to keep him in our memory instead of on our screen? Oh, wow. You know, that's a that's a loaded question. You know, first and foremost, I, I feel like if Ennis could go back and redo that moment, he wouldn't because, you know, he knew what was coming up over that hill. And, and in order for him to have left her and gone, he knew that he was basically sacrificing himself for the love of his life. And he would not have played that out any different because she got to live. She's going to be able to keep living her life. And Ennis was one of the most honest, truthful, kind-hearted uh, beings. And, and for him to go the way he did for the love of his life was, was more than he ever could have, could have hoped for in life. So just to know that, you know, he was, he was happy knowing that she's okay, wanting her journey to, to go um, as far as it can go. And, um, you know, for her not to look back and, and use what happened as a turning point to get through the rest of this wild journey. Overall, Ennis died with a smile, you know, and he got to tell the Elsa's father that that he loved her and you know that having that moment right there at the end was was so uh, special and, and profound for him and kind of for that relationship as well but um Ennis isn't crying he's happy <laughs> he's happy that, <laughs> that 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 she's well and, and he got to do that for her so would we be correct if on that tombstone we wrote Ennis Spencer good friend fiance father <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the, the jury the jury's still out on that one, but I will say questions will be answered soon on the show. Um, Excellent. That's all yes. we need to know for our listeners. Yes. No one's going to be left in suspense on that. What's the message you want people to take away from 1883 and the stories that you and Taylor and everyone are telling? You know, it's it's a message of American history. For me, it, it gave me such a, a, a profound gratefulness for what I have today. You know, knowing what, what these people, what our ancestors went through back then, you know, it, it really is a story of, of the American dream and, you know, migrating for new life and new hope. And I, I'm just so uh, eternally grateful that I'm I'm not living in that time period and had to go through that. I don't think I'm mentally, physically capable of such an experience. So um, really, it, it, it's gratitude for the, the people that came before us who helped form the nation as we know it today. As Ennis's role wrapped up, do you leave the set with any particular memories or, or silly moments, anything that stands out for you? Certainly working with kids and animals, there has to be something crazy that happened unexpected one day. Oh, the, the coolest part about this whole process, which is why I honestly would be happy doing Westerns for the rest of my life because they're just thrilling and unexpectedly incredible because you're you're dealing you know you're you're filming outside first of all the entire time so weather is always a factor you're working with animals who have their own personalities who don't want to do things all the time that you want them to do and cattle and you know typically when you're filming a TV series you're you're in a studio on some lot somewhere you know at, at Paramount Studios in LA and you're looking at the same walls every single day and they rotate sets around but it's it's the same place 
but what we got to do and, you know, working on a Western and, and being in outdoors and, and, and mother nature the entire time, it, it lends itself to incredible unpredictability, which makes it so fun and thrilling. And, you know, there, there were so many moments, I mean, funny moments, you know, we're, we're pushing the cattle through the river and, you know, I look over and, and my, my buddy Wade's horse just tips right over and he gets completely <laughs> just head to toe dunked. Uh, oh and gosh. it was, it was freezing. So I felt bad for him, but you know, it was also hilarious because it was like in such an intense moment. And then I just see him like, and, like tips over and like completely falls, you know, but stuff like that happened all the time because it's, it, it's hard enough sometimes to get your scene partners to, to do what you want them to do. Uh, and then you want to get your horse to do what it wants to do. And then you want the cattle to, to do what you want them, you know? So it was just, oh God, it was so unpredictable, which is what made it so much fun. And, you know, I'm really going to miss Tim McGraw singing private concerts to us all day long because that's what he does. He's just, he's always singing. He's always making people laugh. You know, he messed with me a lot, kind of playing off of the whole, uh, you know, Elsa, James, Ennis triangle. Uh, and being that he's got three daughters of his own, he could really pull from from some raw, emotional, real places uh, in there. Uh, and so he'd always kind of give me like a jokingly hard time at times, you know, kind of the big brother thing. Like, you know, just, you know, you're you're trying to get with my daughter. I'm not okay with it. And he'd he'd let me know that even off screen. Uh, but then he'd always he'd he'd always end it with a joke, and then you know, and he'd <laughs> sing these, or, or that. Uh, <laughs> when, when you but, intimate that you've already been handsy with his daughter in that scene, <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll spare you not having to listen to the clip. But he gives a sigh. That is the most authentic dad sigh I've ever heard in my life. Like, you can almost hear him reaching for his gun. You want to court my daughter, you can. Court You can do it. Not sure what it means. My son, it means you can talk and talk and go on rides and talk. I've kind of been doing that. You know the drill, then. You break her heart, get handsy. You and me gonna have a problem. Define handsy. This is a joke. And a bad, bad time to tell it. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry. It was so good. It was so oh good. my gosh. We I were know. all like, no, no, Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Ennis just didn't, you know, get killed right then and there. You know, I'm, I'm happy I, I survived as long as I did, knowing he was around. Um, no, but, you know, it just, it's such a great group of actors and people. And we had so much fun making the show. And, you know, it, it's so intense on camera. So you don't get to see all that. Um, but we really did laugh our way through it. And, um, couldn't have asked for a better group of actors and people to be to have worked with so grateful for all of it truly uh you know with with your part now kind of in the rear view and as you gain some distance from it looking back how would you think that you eric are most like ennis and and how would you say you're most different from him i feel like i have a lot of ennis in me as far as you know trying to keep things light and uh trying to trying to put a smile on somebody's face and, uh, you know, like Ennis, um, I'm, I'm very devoted and, and, you know, love my wife and, you know, we've, we've got a family and I know that's what Ennis would have wanted to, uh, you know, so I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic just, just as he was. Nothing makes me happier than, you know, when I 
see the smile on, on my wife's face and my kid's face when I walk in the door. And, you know, all that stuff is so Ennis as well. That would have made his life uh, so much more fulfilled. Uh, and I know he, he did want kids. It's, you know, we, we see it on the show. He wasn't expecting to be asked that question, but, uh, you know, he would have loved that. And so we've, we've got a lot of those qualities the same. But I, I wish I was more like Ennis in, in his bravery and his fearlessness. And you know, he's just such a, a badass guy. <laughs> you know, he really uh, is, is smart and skilled at what he does. You know, we learned that in episode one when, you know, Shay and, and the guys want to hire Wade and I right off the bat because of, of what we can bring to the table. So I, I wish I had more of Venice's uh, badassness in me. <laughs> Well, we we were curious. Are you going to continue since you already had a background and you and you come from a family of, of horsemen to an extent? Do you feel like the show has kind of ignited something in you that you're going to continue to do? You were just you know riding yesterday. You know, is this something that you think you're going to continue to do at least as a hobby? Absolutely. Um, I'm wholeheartedly invested into it now. And um, I love the culture. I love the world. And, you know, it's funny. Taylor pulled me aside one day during a cowboy camp and he's like, your wife's going to kill me. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to spend so much money doing horse stuff now. I can already tell. He's like, so he, he knew he knew I got the bug right away. And I'm really, really enjoying cutting, you know, riding on cutting horses. So I, I want to keep that up. You know, I hope to uh, ride in the celebrity cutting event uh, next year, and I'm I'm going to be blowing up Taylor's phone a lot, just just asking to get back out of this ranch to keep riding. So definitely, definitely holding that close, and uh, we'll we'll be pursuing it religiously. I feel like he must be getting a Bosque Ranch shirt ready for you, just you know, just to, <laughs> just to represent. Yep, yep, exactly. Now let's talk about you, Eric, the actor. You've won several Emmys as well as a Tony Award, both as an actor and a producer. I feel like an EGOT has to be on your mind somewhere. Somewhere at this point, but <laughs> but more pressing, do you think you prefer acting or producing? Oh, acting, acting one hundred percent. Acting's my my love, and I only got into producing to 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 give me more opportunities to act. Actually, <laughs> I think we're going to cast this Eric fellow. He's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you get creative say. You you get to kind of bring it all together, and it was also a way for me to learn uh, both sides of the industry, which which I wanted to know. And you know, as an actor, we show up, everything's done for you. All you got to do is go perform and, and you head home. Uh, I wanted to know how, how it got to that point. You know, how do you get a production together? How does, how does that all work? So I got into producing with, with that mindset and um, with also being able to hire and, and work with the, the people that I know and, and trust and love uh, and get to hire all my best friends. I, I've done a couple movies where, you know, all my co-stars were, were people I, I, I cast and, you know, friends of mine throughout the years. And, you know, that's kind of the goal, I think. You know, Adam Sandler does it with all his buddies and Judd Apatow and Taylor Sheridan. You know, when you get your circle and, and you know and you, you trust the people that you're working with and you know what you're going to get from them and what you should expect from them, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than being surrounded by, by people you love on set. That I, I enjoy that part of producing and it, you know, allows me to kind of stay creative if you know there are times as actors where a show ends and you've got a little bit of a lull and a little bit of a period where you're waiting for the next job during those times is when i like to bust something up producing wise kind of kind of fills the gap being a creative fertile mind do you feel like directing and writing are on the bubble for you you know completing the circle of the whole business i enjoy writing a lot actually my, my wife always 
you know, she makes fun of me. She's just like, you have such, you know, go do it. You know, I'm still a little hesitant to pull the trigger on something that I've written, but, but that's in there. I enjoy doing it. I would, you know, love to dabble in directing at some point as well. You know, my goal is to hop onto, you know, another series from here and, um, have, have it, you know, be a long running show and, you know, maybe, uh, ask for an opportunity to come in and maybe direct an episode. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Eric, you've been fantastic. Not unlike Ennis, you've brought the bright light and the hopefulness to the podcast here this week. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to be coming in sad uh, listening this week. So (laughs) we're so glad that he's, you know, Eric's alive, you guys. He's okay. He's all good. And they're all going to want to know what projects to be looking for you next. They're they're going to be hungry for more Ennis on their screen. And can't be Ennis, but it can be Eric. So where can we find you? That's right. I love Instagram. I love hearing from the fans on my Instagram. I, I've been doing these live streams uh, on there um, to kind of answer questions that fans have and kind of get to connect and, and and thank them, you know, kind of on a personal level. I'll actually, I've got a, a live stream coming up on Tuesday that I'll, I think I'll start promoting tonight. Um, well, I'll do some autograph signings. I'm going to sign some hats for some people and, and send those off and really just kind of uh, dive into answering a lot of un unanswered questions that people had on episode five and, and beyond. That's my favorite way to connect uh, is, is through my Instagram. So I will be updating everybody and excited to share what's, what's coming up next and all that good stuff. So definitely stay tuned and um, follow me on there if you haven't at Eric Nelson official and I'll keep you guys updated and I love connecting. Are there any projects, television, movie, otherwise, you know, after 1883 wraps at the end of February, is there anything uh, Eric Nelson that we should be looking for on our schedules? That you can um, talk about? No, not that I can talk about yet, unfortunately. Uh, That's a tease very... in and of itself. The, all the more reason <laughs> to follow you. So yes, but I will be very excited to share soon. Um, no, it's 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 kind of all all locked up right now, uh, so to speak. But all in all, in good time. Eric, thank you so much for joining us here on the Yellowstone Podcast 1883 episodes. Uh, everyone, go out, follow Eric on Instagram. Uh, it's Eric Nelson Official. Yes, it is. And so funny because everyone always, well, not so much anymore, but, uh, you know, Nelson is so commonly misspelled because the normal way would be N-E-L-S-O-N, but but mine is abnormal and it's N-E-L-S-E-N. Uh, so I, I always stress that. Um, the the I, live streams are quite fun and, and I think you get a lot of people tuning into them and we'll, we'll make sure we're also boosting those on our Instagram page. Also, just spread the word a little bit more too for you. I really appreciate that. I hope we get to come back on here and, you know, reconnect on the next project or maybe more in the Sheridan universe if that if that ever comes to pass. So absolutely. I look forward to that. And uh, yes, we'll be we'll be talking soon about, about what's coming up. I'll be excited for you guys to hear. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys. And on a Sunday too, I really appreciate the time and um, thanks for what you guys do and uh, look forward to hopefully getting back together soon. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.